0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to
1: make the switch today.
2: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively... Sports.
3: The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world
2: even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
4: Ben Standy coming up at 1225 live from Indy. What Dan Orlovsky said in the last 24 hours about who his number one quarterback uh, is in the draft. Uh, Phone lines are open at 301 230 980 uh, i'll update you here on the twitter poll uh a thousand votes in here in the first 15 20 minutes what would your reaction be if the commanders decided to pass on quarterback at number two and instead trade back accumulate a you know slew of draft choices but not select a quarterback in this draft um Those of you that say you'd be disgusted, uh, total 24.6%. Those of you that say you'd be upset, but you would trust in Adam Peters, that's the winner right now at 53.3%. Those of you that say you'd be thrilled, it would be the right move uh, at 22.2%. What do you think on the phone lines? My opinion Really simply put is this is an opportunity you cannot pass on. If there's a quarterback that fits all of your, you know, checks all of your boxes, both mentally uh, and physically, you think this is the next big thing or a potential big thing, you have to take the quarterback. Denton, I haven't asked you what your answer is to this.
3: I think I'd probably – Lean a little more disgusted. You have to take a quarterback. You, you got to take a quarterback unless they get a quarterback by other means. I'd be disgusted if if we get to the end of April and they do not have a quarterback via trade, a do and they do not have a quarterback uh, via free agency. I would I would be very very upset.
4: Yeah, I mean, you just threw in another you know caveat. Like one caveat would be. Caleb Williams is the only quarterback they love, or whom, whoever Chicago takes is the only quarterback that they really love, and everyone else you know, has marks all over them, and they're not going to touch them with a 10-foot pole. Um, the other would be they've just decided they think they are better off trading for Justin Fields or signing Kirk Cousins or you know Russell Wilson in free agency. Um, I don't know that I would love that path at all, but that would be a better path than deciding not to do anything at quarterback at all because you're not close enough. This not close enough changes dramatically in the NFL year to year. You know, you you get just close enough and then you become like the healthiest team and you got a quarterback that can really do it. You're much closer than you might think right now. Ryan in Harrisonburg.
5: Ryan, go ahead. Hey, Kev. Um... Hey, Ron. I, just take just take the quarterback. I mean, seriously, at this point, it's like you said. If you think back to twenty twelve, uh, during the RG three year, we had Grossman and we went through John Beck and Jason Campbell and all, and nobody thought that team was anywhere near close to doing That's anything. True. And then all of a sudden, RG three has his magical year, and we were a knee away from beating the Seahawks. And if we would have went to Atlanta, we probably would have had a good shot of beating them too. I agree. I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's that easy to evaluate a team and say you are, or are not a quarterback away because it changes. It affects everything. Um, even just this year, we put Bursett in and all of a sudden the offense looks <laughs> yeah. totally different. So yeah. to say that where we are, or we not? I think that's, that's, a little too definitive because you don't know how that's going to affect everything else.
4: I, I really agree with that. I, I think that's so smart. And I think it's so true in the NFL. I don't think it's true in a lot of other sports, but the fine line between, you know, 11 and six or 10 and seven and seven and 10 or 11 and six and six and 11 is so fine. And the quarterback makes a, is the big difference maker. In that, you know, health is a big difference maker in that. Coaching is a big difference maker in that. Um, but yeah, it's a good point about 2012. Like there were there were no expectations that they were going to be good that year, and they didn't start off as good, even though they were competitive in some of those losses. Um, but it was coaching. It was a quarterback with some talent, and before you knew it, they were you know up 14-0 in a wild-card round game, and on their way to Atlanta, where I agree with you, I think they would have been a hell of an out for the Falcons that year. Uh, and, you know, ultimately you ended up with San Francisco and New York. Um, in that, um, right, San Fr- Seattle lost. Seattle lost? I forget what they had, that NFC Championship game. Was that San Francisco? 2012 was San Francisco, New York. San Francisco won. And lost to the Ravens in the Super Bowl. San Francisco beat Green Bay in a playoff game because Kaepernick went nuts, rushed for you know a record number in, in a playoff game. I think it was 184 yards. Uh, and then they went to Atlanta and won the NFC Championship game. That's what happened that year, I'm pretty sure. Um, all right, let's go to Junkyard Dog. What do you say, Junkyard Dog?
6: Well...
0: Everybody who has any real good football sense knows that a quarterback is the dynamo of your team.
6: You cannot win
0: without one. If you don't pick a quarterback and you think that you, I'll get one down the road, down the road, what you're going to wind up, not, and I'm not calling I um, how or whatever, but those are the type talent quarterbacks that you will keep on your roster and you will always be. Lagging behind, looking up at the other teams in the playoffs.
4: Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, we all know this as NFL fans. We can bring up examples, but they are isolated. They are aberrations to what the trend has been for a while, which is the best teams have the, the teams that have sustained year in and year out chances to go deep into the postseason, have the best quarterbacks. The 49ers have been the one exception to the rule. Uh, Let's go to Jamal. Jamal and Temple Hill, thanks for holding. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I'm in favor of watching Sam for another year. Uh, So I think that um, last year that B'Enemy and uh, Ron, they wasn't competent. How you feel right. about
4: that? Well, I think I mean, that there's definitely a case that can be made that last year was an incredibly dysfunctional year. From Ron being a lame duck coach to Eric Bieniemy perhaps not being a good fit uh, as the OC here. Um, but I think it's also true that Sam wasn't very good. We saw Sam in 17 games, and there were flaws exposed which teams knew about which is why he went in the fifth round, and they got exposed over and over again, and they didn't get better, they got worse. And, you know, there may be some thought from somebody somewhere, Sam Howell can start for my team, but I think that's a team that doesn't have number two overall, may not have a quarterback, um, but doesn't have the means to go get another quarterback you know and those teams should roll the dice on a long shot you know that sam develops into something more than maybe just a high level backup quarterback this team's in a completely different position it's got a chance to take a quarterback with a clear cut high ceiling not a hopeful high ceiling and that hopeful high ceiling cuz they were in hope mode this time last year they didn't know for sure. They were in hope mode. Um, There's less hope for me around that as a possibility. I I would keep him as a backup. I think he's a backup in this league. I think he's, you know, somewhere between 33 and 45 among the quarterbacks that are in the league right now. Uh, Let's go to John in D.C. John, go ahead. Hey, how you doing? Good, John.
6: So, uh, I think that we should trade with the Bears to get Justin Fields, give him a second this year, maybe a third next year. Fix the O line in free agency, and draft Marvin Harrison number two overall. What do you think about that?
4: Look, if they decided that Fields had the highest ceiling um, of any of the quarterbacks that they've got access to right now, because you'd have to, you'd have to come to the conclusion that Fields has a much higher ceiling than you know Daniels or May. Or if you had a chance at Caleb Williams, because you got to pay him right away. You know, you're not getting the benefit of five years with a rookie quarterback on a rookie wage scale. If they decided that Fields was just a lot better in their mind and had a much higher ceiling, and with Cliff Kingsbury and adding Marvin Harrison Jr. to Caleb Williams and building up the offensive line, et cetera, et cetera, that would be an interesting way to go. And I would trust, I would be. You know, I, I would be benefit of the doubt, Kev, but I you've got to know that he has a much higher ceiling. You've got to feel so much better about what Justin Fields is on the verge of becoming um, than any of these rookies because of what you're going to have to do to keep him, which is pay what, him.
6: Wouldn't we have two years with him because this is his last year? we well, got to pick and up his option good. right
4: away, and then you're going to have to right. extend him. You're certainly not going to get into a you know if if, if you well, end up trading with. for Fields and passing on one of these quarterbacks, you better feel like you're going to extend him rather than this just being you know a test.
6: Right. I know. I'm 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 on board with giving him the fifth year option, but that gives you two years to see before you need to extend him long term.
4: Right. But if you're going to pass on Fields or Daniels, or on Daniels or May or on Caleb Williams, you have to feel like there's a really good chance you're going to pay Fields. You got to feel really good about Fields. Like okay. he's much better. He's a much better alternative than the choice you're going to be left with at number 2. That's all I'm saying. Cuz you pick up the option, you pay him, you know, 30 million or whatever it would be. Uh I don't even know what the 5th year option on him would be in 2025. Um, but you're you're looking at extending him when this season's over if not at some point during the season you don't want to get to that point in which he and Kingsbury have gelled and now he's staring unrestricted free agency in the face and you're now in franchise mode thanks for the call Ian go ahead
6: i kind of i, I never thought of the justin Fields option that way. That would be interesting, but look, I think they're going to draft a quarterback. I think it's the right move to do. And I think to piggyback off a lot of callers, I think we struggle because we think of football as such a team sport and what's happened over the years, whether it's the rules or the emphasis on the offense, it's become an individualized sport because the four or the differential in talent at wide receiver, offensive line or defense Isn't that dramatic? You have Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. You've won, what, 10 of the last 20 Super Bowls. Like, it's just so dependent on one player. It's not coaching and call it clock management and all these micro things. It's just the quarterback. And I think Merrill Hodge said it well yesterday that this is what defines GMs. You can get every single player right. And look at Baltimore. They were pro bowlers and all pros up and down that roster guess who was the better quarterback patrick mahomes on the road didn't matter it's all about the quarterback and i think that's that's what it's going to be and to me i loved having Meryl hodge and i like the definitiveness of his opinions and yeah i i think daniels seems like the guy and Look, all three of them have some flaws. Like, you can point to each of them and say none of these guys are Andrew Luck or Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow. So I wouldn't trade up, trade down, just stay where you are and pick whomever you think is the best of the three. But, yeah, draft quarterback, don't overthink this. Keep it moving.
4: I think part of the thinking, too, with this fan base is that we have struck out on quarterbacks. We've struck out on trade up. Um, We haven't you know what's ironic is that I think this is right. Um, when's the last time we traded back in a draft? Was it 2011?
6: Which one? The Dwayne Haskins draft. Didn't they trade back?
4: No, they didn't trade back for that draft. They traded back they... into the first round to take sweat. Oh,
6: right. For the, for the. Oh, sorry. I thought they traded down for Haskins and traded back up for sweat. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know the last time they did trade down.
4: I think it's 2011 when they traded back to allow – I'm just looking at it right now. Have they traded back since then? Oh, they did trade back the one spot for Doxon uh, with Houston. Um, But the last time they legitimately traded back was 2011. And the funny part about that is, you know who they missed out on? J.J. JJ Watt. They Lord. traded with Jacksonville so that they could take Blaine Gabbert. Who they moved up to take Gabbert. Washington went to sixteen, took Carrigan, but they missed J.J. Watt. I mean, that, look, no, that remember draft... they
3: traded back uh, for a Lave. They could have had a Lave. They traded back too.
4: Oh, of course. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. 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 That's the last time they traded back. Duh. Yeah. The the twenty twenty two draft. They traded back eleven to sixteen and took Dotson when they could have had. I you know they could have had a Lave you know people remember we're going nuts over that trade back but yes I, I missed that one of course who they they also didn't draft Kyle Hamilton who is who i thought they should have taken at 11 all right uh, let's get back to the phone lines thanks uh, ian rodney rodney's calling from jersey rodney what do you say about yeah. the trade back possibility with no quarterback taken in the draft
6: i'm i'm on board with the trade back
0: with the scenarios you gave about the moving down to new england and if you move right. down to New England, you can take Marvin Harrison and you can probably sign Kirk Cousins or you can, uh, if you move down to five with uh, New York. Well, if you move down to three probably... to
4: New England, you could still take the quarterback. That wasn't the scenario exactly. that I was painting. I was saying trade okay. back and don't take a quarterback. You think trading okay. ba- taking Harrison or trading back, getting picks and then signing somebody like Cousins and free agency would be okay with you?
3: Exactly. 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 That, I don't think Co- I don't like think Kirk
4: to- would come here. Just so everybody understands that they loved living okay. here, but I think it's Minnesota or Atlanta for Cousins.
0: Okay, okay, or five. If you went to five, you pick up the kind of like a boatload of picks from uh, New in- New York. Yeah,
4: six for the uh, for the Giants, right? Six
0: with New York. Yeah, and so I kind of think that would be because, like you said, we have holes in this roster. I'm gonna hang up and let you talk.
4: Yeah, appreciate it. Um Good calls. Uh, let's get Lou in. Lou's been on hold. Lou, finish it up for us.
6: Hey, what's going on, Kevin? Thanks, hey, Lou. Uh, to me, I, I think you you got to get the best player, regardless if it's a quarterback. I still think the two quarterbacks that we have, I mean, they could you know uh, they could possibly start in this game. I mean, for well, we, don't team, have, so we don't have we don't so, have Brissette.
4: He's a free agent.
6: I thought he signed for two years.
4: No, one year. Jacoby Brissette oh. is an unrestricted free but,
6: agent. Oh, okay. Well, um, still, I still think get the best player because you want a player that's gonna be there for the next ten years, for a decade or so. If 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 it's a, a you know the guy from Notre Dame, I I really don't care. I'm on board with these guys whether they they draft a quarterback, whether they you know get a uh, the guy from Alabama that DN looks looks good. So. I'm on board whatever they do, man. I, I have no complaints, man. I'm just whatever, man. You know how I feel, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks, <Lou. laughs>
0: Thanks, man. Appreciate
4: it. Uh, yeah. There is more reason to be optimistic, for sure. Ben Standing next, right after these words from a few of our sponsors.
2: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively.
0: Sports.
3: clock at four. Donchich. A step back three you bet. music. You set my world on fire. Yes yeah,
2: and I'm even kidding. podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's
4: over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network.
1: Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at and t at tmobilecom mobilecom Across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.
4: Enjoying himself all week in the Midwest in Indianapolis is Ben Standick. He's still there. He is our Washington Commanders Insider. He appears on this show on Mondays and Fridays regularly, um, and sometimes on other days. And what's really interesting, and I apologize for this, but I just spent time talking about the trade back possibility, took calls on the trade back possibility, and during the break, read your column that just went up. So it wasn't that I should have I should have caught it by now, but I didn't. But Ben has a story up on the athletic. If commanders <laughs> traded down from number two, what type of options would it create? So we will get to that here momentarily. But let's get caught up on the activities of the week. And I want to start with this. In addition to the six quarterbacks that were met with by the team who else have they met with? Do we know? Do we know the other players that they've met with?
0: Um, well, first off, good to hear from you, Kevin. Um, not, 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 not a full list. I mean, basically, the way a lot of us are we do it is even when players are up at the the podium to talk to reporters. You know, if you can, or if you're interested, you'll ask. Hey, you know, did uh, did you by chance meet with this team or that team? And it gets a little annoying and redundant when everybody's doing it. So you got to pick, pick your spots. Um, today was a day not only were there the quarterbacks, but you also had running backs and receivers. And I did talk to uh, a couple of guys, Brian Thomas, wide receiver from LSU, so one yeah. of Jaden Daniels, um, other targets. He said he did meet with uh, uh, Washington. Uh, there were a couple of running backs, uh, including the kid Irvin's out of Oregon, uh, Jordan Brooks out of Texas, that said that they did also meet with Washington. Now, obviously, you know, all these, guys, like, uh, oh, I'm blanking who it was, but one of the players was like, Look, I basically met with everybody, right? So sometimes these things do not mean much. In the case of the quarterbacks, though, it is obviously a different deal because of the fact that only so many teams at any given point need a quarterback. And frankly, some of the, you know, the top guys don't want to waste their time um, if it's just a complete pipe dream for, right. for a team. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's important to, to see kind of what they're looking at, uh, for sure. And, uh, But, you know, I I think, you know, look, they're going to meet as many people as they can. The 30 visits where it gets a little more interesting because at that point, you know, you're you're seemingly dialing in to certain individuals. Right.
4: Um, We're talking to Ben, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Uh, So what stood out to you in terms of the interviews of the quarterbacks and some of their answers uh, regarding Washington or even other
0: answers? Yeah, well, with regards to Washington, um, so I was there for Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, um, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix. They, except for Penix, the other ones were all, when asked, like, what stood out about your Washington meeting, they pretty much all said a lot of energy in the room. Or I don't know if Caleb did, but certainly Drake May, Daniels, and uh, McCarthy did. And it was mentioned kind of over and over again, sort of that idea. Um, and it, it just seemed like that, you know, Thereby was a Washington had a lot of good energy, good enthusiasm in the room. And that's not surprising when you figure that Dan Quinn is going to be, you know, whether he's like leading that specific conversation or not, as the head coach, we know that that's one of his hallmarks as a, as a leader. And Adam Peters is a very positive guy as well. So, you know, it's a good good sense of what the room was like. Um, Look, I think all these guys came across, as pretty polished, uh, J.B. Daniels. I had heard previously that he's more reserved as a leader, by you know, more of a lead by example kind of a guy. But he has a presence that you know the play, that, that commands the locker room. But he, but in general, he was more of the thoughtful, reserved type speaker, where the other guys uh, were more uh, going and uh, that 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 type of deal. McCarthy in particular seemed to be pretty chill, uh, laid back. He admitted that he was nervous with Washington because it was the very first interview that he gave. But, he again, he was another one that said he really likes the vibe that he was getting from the the, the team. And, you know, with regards to, to Caleb Williams, obviously, you know, this isn't the first time he's had a, a gaggle of reporters standing in front of him asking him questions. Um, but you can see, like, he's got, you know, he, he, he feels like it's like Caleb Inc. at this point with all the conversations going on about what he what he may or may not want. He's obviously making a ton of money at NIL. And he definitely felt like a guy who, if I say it, it felt like a guy who understood he's a brand, I don't mean that in a negative sense. I just mean it that he seems to understand that there's more going on here than just what's happening between the lines and that he is, um, you know, very, uh, very much wants to help figure that out, not just leave it to you know, the so-called adults, but actually you know, help shape everything that's going to happen with him going forward, including the play. So I, I think they all, to me, you know, I think they had good, good sessions stood out in that regard. It wasn't anybody coming across. There's another quarterback in the past where my like, boy, that guy seems a bit, a bit much, but I didn't get that sense here.
4: So, the Caleb Williams brand, and he is the first of sort of this NIL generation, and he's made a lot of money um, in NIL. Uh, this is going to be a completely new scenario for teams to deal with. They're not dealing with somebody who's going to, you know, see money and significant money in many cases for the first time in their lives. This guy's already been dealing with it now uh, for two years, uh, and he's coming into the NFL well compensated for two years of college football in in, in Southern California. What do you think the reaction to, to that kind of persona is by NFL people? I know that I saw something trending that, you know, he skipped the medical exams at the Combine, said that he would handle that with the individual teams. I don't know if that was something that was, you know, perceived as off-putting or... Um or or whatever, but what do you think the the general reaction to Caleb Williams and the Caleb Williams brand is from teams?
0: So I was, uh, you know, in the space in the hall where these um, podium sessions have happened. There's a lot of other activity going on. All the different uh, TV channels and shows, whatever, have have sets, including Pro Football Talk. And I was talking to Mike Florio for a couple of minutes. For my podcast and he one thing he was saying was that because he also talked to Caleb Williams on set with Chris Sims that Mike is a bit of a um a rabble rouser he thinks that players have more way more power than they recognize at least the star players and don't take full advantage of it but now he was saying he liked that Caleb Williams is, un, is aware of the, the situation that he's in and in terms of like say for the medical exam the basic deal is all these guys go through the various testing and you know, and just for, for every team to get a feel for what they're all about. In his case, he basically decided, me and, me and Caleb Williams, he basically decided, you know what? I don't need 32 people, 32 teams knowing all about my medical information. The teams that that may draft me, fine, but I, everybody doesn't need to have it. And there, I think there's something to be said for that type of, uh, of thinking. Now, obviously, this is not relevant to a potential fifth-round defensive back out of the MAC, but. You know, it, for the for the star guys, you don't have to do it the 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 way that the, has been done for years just because the NFL, um, you know, just because that's the way it, it, it's been. So I don't know. I think that, you know, look, some teams are probably going to old school teams are probably going to find some offense to this, but you know, he, he, just like with everything else in society, you know, things change, things evolve. The modern athlete today is a very different than a, what the way it was years ago. And guys like Caleb Williams have, do have some say and some power. And, you know, he is exercising it in these certain ways. So, you know, I I, I don't know that you know, like in the case of say Washington, I don't know like would Josh Harris be turned off by this or would he find that, you know what, this is kind of intriguing. Um, This kid's got a bit of this entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe that's something he finds, Um, you know, that he appreciates or finds refreshing knowing his own background. So I don't know that that's the case. I'm just saying I I can imagine some people would be like, mm, I don't know this kid seems a bit much, and other people might say, you know what, I respect the fact that he is taking an interest in everything that's going to happen in his life.
4: All right, we're talking to Ben Standing. So anything that you've heard um, that you can share with us as to what the team's reactions were to any of these interviews?
0: Um, not really, you know, look, this is becoming the same, the same trend that happened before with the coaching search that, you know, they've been pretty, you know, pretty tight, uh, lipped about what it is that's, that that's going on. And, you know, in general, I mean, these things are, yeah. So I don't know definitively like what they thought of, of any of these, uh, of any of these guys. Um, you know, I I think I want to say this broadly about the quarterback conversation I feel, um, honestly, more confused about what I think may happen here than I did before I got to the Combine in the sense that. Why? Well, yeah, I mean, because I just you know, because everybody is here, you just hear different opinions um, all over the place. You know, the idea that Caleb is number one, okay, that, that seems probably logical. Those are some people I talk to who think, you know, maybe Jaden Daniels should be the number one guy. But then simultaneously, more people say they would take, Drake May at two over Jaden Daniels and then other people and I put this out in the story I had today like I had a high-ranking executive for a different team say he would probably bet that J.J. McCarthy goes two or three in the draft when it's all said and done and I've had other people suggest that you know he's higher up on boards than they than it's being viewed publicly and you know and then there's the idea of you know do they even keep the pick and I know you mentioning the the possibility of trade down. I, again, I'm not saying that I've heard that's what they want to do. I just think that, I don't think that they are, like, you know, one thing that was different with the the previous era in terms of the ownership was, like, you know, the fanboy aspect really was, a, was a part of the problem. We all said that, that Snyder was running the thing like a fantasy football team. Um, we'll see what happens. Harris has not been on the clock yet, but, you know, everything they have done so far has been a pretty thoughtful search it's not just been you know uh, a, you know impulsive choices they're they're thinking about everything and i think you logically are going to have to think about the idea of a of trade down because if you can get the haul like the bears did last year considering all the holes that this team has and especially if you're just not that in love with the quarterbacks then it makes a lot of sense but um so so that's why like i don't know what, like hearing from them i haven't heard much but i believe that they are being Deliberative, And, you know, I, I'm sure there'll be some people coming out of this that say, oh, they're definitely going to go for this guy or that guy. I, I would just find that hard to believe that they have uh, figured out anything yet.
4: Right. Uh, ben Standig is joining us. Um, your reaction to, you know, the Schefter tweet yesterday morning. I know Sam followed up with, you know, he was just there as an observer, but just Josh Harris being there and then being in these meetings with prospects.
0: Yeah, so the day before, Shester, his tweet, I tweeted that Josh Harris was here, and I didn't think he was here to see the Pacers game. Right. I mean, what else is he doing here? The only reason he was going to make this trip to Indianapolis from Miami is to be part of this and see what's going on. And, you know, he's a first-time NFL owner. He has not been through this. Why wouldn't he be here, <laughs> to be honest? Like, he just hired Adam Peters and Dan Quinn 10 seconds ago this is the first thing they've all really had to do. Why wouldn't you want to get a, get a look to see what's going on? Um, he had told everybody back in September or somewhere before the, around the time of the start of the season that, you know, with the Sixers, he would sit in on uh, the draft, but he wanted to see and observe. He wasn't there to say, go draft Ben Simmons or whatever. So, um, you know, I don't, I didn't make it a big, I thought it was, I don't, I, I assume the reaction was somewhat negative um, back there and, you know,
4: no, if, not if necessarily. I would say okay. I would say more not a big deal than a big deal. I, I you know, yeah, if, I, if anybody had flat red flags on it, it was you know one reddish flag maybe. Uh, but no, I remember it's and I described this yesterday and even earlier today uh, on the show. There is a lot of you know this PTSD from the Snyder era. There is a lot of right. expecting things. To not turn out well, and it's going to be hard to shake that from everybody, uh, just because Dan's gone. Um, and that's you know that's a reasonable reaction. I mean, it is, it, it's there. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you. It's not that I I actually was surprised he was there, but I have no problem with him being there given the the stakes here with this pick and the idea that he wants to. You know, observe, I had somebody email me and I talked about this at the beginning of the show. He's an employment and compensation consultant. And he said they refer to this um, as hovering that when you hire a, you know, kind of a big time proven, now Adam Peters isn't proven, that you clear the way and you let him produce the results in the style and comfort level that he wants to produce results at, and that it should be a red flag. I don't see it that way uh, at all. And it sounds like you don't either. So, We can move on from that. Um, Let's talk about your column, which is what we were just talking about as well. The trade back possibility. Let me just remind everybody because we got to it in the last segment. The last three times they've traded back, because everybody always seems to be like, let's trade back. It hasn't worked out. Like they should have taken Kyle Hamilton in hindsight or drafted Chris Olave rather than trade back and take Dotson um, and pick up what they picked up. Because everybody, you know, focused more on the Sam Howell part of that, uh, uh, you know, haul from New Orleans. They traded uh, back one spot in 2016 to take Josh Dotson, and they missed on J.J. Watt in 2011 for Ryan Kerrigan. Um, And by the way, with the pick they picked up in 2011, they got nothing for it. Uh, but so it hasn't worked out trading back either, but Ben contemplated all of the possibilities. So I'll let you go through them.
5: Yeah. Well, look,
0: I mean, this is, you know, it's one thing to trade back, you know, even the, the, just to use the Dotson deal, the most recent thing, you know, they got, uh, you know, a couple extra picks and and that turned into ultimately Brian Dotson, Brian Robinson, Sam Howell, and Cole Turner. And, you know, that's, independent of sort of how those guys have evolved, you know, they're, they're, they got a, uh, they got more picks and that was sort of the goal for that year. What we're talking about here is completely different. Completely. What we're talking about here is setting up your franchise, not just this year, but for the next couple of years, with having um, more picks, high, more high picks, you would conceivably get first round picks in 2025 20, and 26 um, on top of, you know, the other like seconds or, or, or third or what have you. Um, they already have nine picks this year and if you know what you're doing you know you can turn this into an annual extra pick event because if you can constantly you know once you have the 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 war chest it's not just now I have 10 picks let's go make 10 picks it's maneuvering around the board understanding value understanding I don't necessarily need to draft every guy this year I can move picks back to next year so it just puts you just in such an advantageous position um in terms of you know, being able to help your roster. And also you can combine multiple picks to move up to get whatever that, you know, shiny new object that, uh, that you like. And obviously this team has huge holes everywhere, right? I mean, there's almost no position where you wouldn't say that, but they're, they're good at this point. So sure. the, The downside is you're not taking whichever quarterback you like at number two, but you're also not forcing it if you're not feeling it, and there's other ways to move. Like if you only move down a few picks, it's conceivable, it's not likely that one of the top four quarterbacks, including JJ McCarthy, is still there at say eight to Atlanta. Or you can draft, um, you know, Bo Nix at the top of the second round, or you can ride with Sam Howell um, as a younger guy and pair him with a vet, including to go, you know, for the biggest swing possible this year. We will be um, your guy, Kirk Cousins and I don't think that's a crazy idea but the the point is that for the people who say don't don't overthink just take the quarterback it's this is not overthinking it this is thinking this is what you're supposed to be doing you're not supposed to just say we're taking a quarterback no matter what you're supposed to say what are the options what what do we benefit from this um you know everybody says again take a quarterback look if i if i just, if i say you know Let's go out to dinner and you present me with three options and none of them are what I want to eat. Am I supposed to just force and eat something or do I think, well, what else can I get? Their options are, these you know, these three or four quarterbacks it doesn't necessarily mean they love them. It just means that they are the ones who are there this year. Next year could be different. Next year you may not get anybody. This is all a crapshoot to a degree. But the idea that you're just going to say pick the guy you like and take him, that infers that you like really like the guy not just saying I have to pick somebody. And trading down gives you a bunch of more options. And also, to be you know super real, you know Peters the other day said, you know, says the obvious, but sometimes it needs to be said. This is people judging other people. Right. This is the definition of an inexact science. And one way to mitigate the risk is have more options. This is like the other part of the process that, that never got discussed enough. Everybody just focused on the tanking. The reality was. The point was to, take a, to get as many picks as possible, to take as right. many swings as possible, knowing you're going to screw some of them up. So, this is, you know, if you put all your eggs in the number two pick, obviously it's great if it works. But if it doesn't, then, you know, you've kind of got nothing. Whereas this other way, you're saying, I'm going to get all this extra stuff, use it to build up the roster or trade around or whatever, and go from there. So, it, there's a risk reward, but I don't think it's, you know, to the people who are saying, don't even consider it. I would say you absolutely have to have to consider it.
4: But you, but you, so so a couple of things. Number one, I think everybody can do that math. If basically the hit rate on draft choices is let's call it one out of three, then the more picks you get, the more contributors you'll end up with. You know, at that percentage rate, it's you'll take thirty-three percent of ten picks and get three point three contributors rather than thirty-three percent of, you know, a lot less picks and end up with less contributors. The the I think the only scenario that you've painted that makes everything makes sense to listen and be open to it and all of these things are possibilities, including by the way, you know, a free agent quarterback or even a trade for Justin Fields. But the bottom line with this for me is if they think that there is a quarterback, that there are two quarterbacks in this draft, that are potentially the next big thing, or even just a big thing, then you have to take the quarterback. Um, because, and I'm saying if they think there are only two. If there's a if there's a third or a fourth, then you could pick up extra draft capital um, and move down a spot. If you've got Daniels and May and McCarthy essentially is the same player and the same exact grade, You know, and somebody doesn't, then they should move up. Remember, if nobody else has. A high grade in this draft, other than let's just say Caleb U- uh, Williams, use him as an example, and he goes to Chicago. There aren't going to be there, that haul that you're looking for won't be as great because other teams will recognize the same thing. Doesn't mean you can't find a sucker or two. Um, but for me, and I'm I'm just I want to make sure I'm clear on your position. For me, if there's a quarter, if there are two quarterbacks in this draft, minimum, uh, but two. That they think absolutely have a massively high ceiling and and are convinced will be there's a good chance they're going to be the next big thing. You have to take the quarterback at two.
0: Yeah, if there's you know if there's a yes, I I I, I agree with that. I think that for me, like the problem with when we have all these conversations is that there is this belief that because there's a quarterback sitting there that's been told is worthy of that conversation that therefore you should take him. I've talked to several people here who don't think Drake May is worth that, who have questions about Jaden Daniels. And if I don't know where Washington is at. If they are among those people, then they should not force it. And I'm just, and so, yeah, I'm just saying I agree. If they, like, if they think so-and-so is, is all that, I mean, quarterback's the most important position, you do it, but you don't force it. And I can just imagine if they trade down, People would scream bloody murder in, in in a lot of cases because they don't understand what it is. You don't. You, I mean, look. You never. I mean, look. Here's the funny thing, right? The Chicago Bears got lauded for their deal last year where they traded the number one pick and got a ton from uh, the Panthers, including the pick that turns into the number one pick this year, which means they can get Caleb Williams. And yet, when I ask people in the league, okay, here are your options. You can keep what the Bears did, including have a chance to take Caleb Williams. Or you could just draft C.J. Stroud, who they passed on, for this deal. And everybody said they would take C.J. Stroud, right? right. So every, yeah. even, even with knowing what that Caleb Williams could be yeah, this next thing. So if you feel really, really good about your quarterback, you do it. But, yeah. uh, you know, that, that's not always the case. No, and that's why, the, there's, you know, a, there's a
4: chance that they're not going to love and they're going to see a massive floor and not as high of a ceiling with what they would be left with at number two. And in that case, they should look at other options, Uh, but other teams may see the same thing, although, man, the opinions seem to be varied. They could take advantage of that as well. Thanks. i got to run. See you. Ben Standing, everybody. Uh, Somebody thinks they've figured out who the number one quarterback is in the draft. The answer next.
3: Wizards fell last night to the Lakers, 134-131 to in overtime. Jordan Poole led the team with 34 points. Anthony Davis had 40 to lead all scores. They're back in action tonight, staying in L.A., on the road against the Clippers. Caps in action against the Flyers. Puck drops at 7 at cap 1. You can hear it on our sister station, 1067 at the fan. Terps in action on Sunday. They host Indiana at 2 p.m. You can hear it right here on the Team 980. In the NFL, the Eagles releasing safety Kevin Byard. They acquired him in October to shore up that secondary, and he's back on the open market again. And that's what's trending.
7: I don't get the sense you think it's that simple. I thought that Caleb Williams was a lock at number one because I thought Drake May would be the guy. I was wrong in that. Jaden Daniels should be the guy. If I were the Chicago Bears right now, I would take Jaden Daniels out of LSU. That is not a knock on Caleb Williams, that is a plus. And Jaden Daniels, I think, number one, when you watch all these guys play, the best thrower, the best guy against man coverage, ball placement-wise, is Jaden Daniels. Number two, when we're talking about explosive play, like guys who have to throw the ball downfield, what does it look like? Jaden Daniels throws the ball best downfield. And then number three, who's got the best pocket piece? When I say piece, it's P-E-A-C-E. All these guys are athletic. It's no longer like this plus. Every one of these guys has that attribute. The patience and the peace within the pocket, he's the best at. Um, Candidly, I think when it comes to what guy had the best game, none of these guys' games compare to Jaden Daniels against Florida. If you just watched that player versus the University of Florida, you would go, that's the best player in college football, and he's going to be the guy that transfers the best into the NFL. Caleb Williams is fantastic. I think Jaden Daniels is better.
4: That was Dan Orlovsky yesterday on ESPN. He's changed his mind, gone from Drake May to Jaden Daniels. I think Jaden Daniels right now it feels like has the most sort of upward momentum. Uh, Does it reach number one? Time will tell. By the way, I would not use the Florida game as the game to measure him on because Florida's defense was truly awful. It's an unbelievable performance, but the first half of the Bama game against a really good defense was sensational. All right, done for the day. Have a great weekend. Rooster's up next.
2: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
3: clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word.